Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Thomas, and I want to wish all of you a happy new year. It's bound to have its ups and downs, challenges and setbacks along the way, but I hope 2024 is generally a very positive year for you, and one that brings you happy moments that you can cherish. And if you feel like you had been neglecting your rest a little too much last year, now is a great time to reset and move forward with healthy intentions. We'll be right here with you all the way. And that can start tonight, as Elizabeth will be reading you a soothing story about a woman preparing a traditional winter's meal from the Provence region of southern France. Thanks to Leila for writing this beautiful tale. Now then, it's nearly time to turn to our story. But before we do, just take a nice deep breath in. Hold for a moment. And exhale gently. Allow each muscle in your body to gradually relax with the breath. Starting at your head and working down. Scan over your body, giving each area permission to completely relax. If the shoulders are a little tense, spend some extra time there, just breathing in a sense of calm. The same goes for your lower back, your waist and hips, and your legs that have carried you throughout the day. Your whole body has worked hard for you, and it's time to reward it with some peace and comfort. A moment of TLC for yourself as you settle into bed will help you to rest easier and feel all the better for it when you wake up tomorrow. So let the warmth and coziness of your bed envelop you, wrapping you up and filling you with contentment. It's time for me to make way, so that Elizabeth can carry your imagination to Provence in France. This is where our story begins.
Moisture was condensing outside the kitchen window. Margaline watched from inside as the droplets beaded up on the outer pane, then slowly trickled down the glass. It was a cold, blustery day out. The famous mistral wind was blowing wild and fast through the valleys of Provence, bending trees before it. This powerful wind was a regular visitor, though, and it was well known and understood. The locals were prepared. Margali had set heavy stones on her roof in the old way to hold her terracotta roof tiles in place. Residents huddled cosily in warm homes. Even the spiders had prepared, weaving smaller webs in more protected spots when the wintry wind loomed. The cold and grey outside only served to make Margali's warm kitchen feel even more snug. Her little cottage was humble, but comfortable and furnished with love. A low flame was burning inside the oven, which let off a lovely heat that spread out through the room. Margali sat at a round table, covered in a blue and yellow tablecloth. She looked at the cookbook in front of her, clothed in a bright yellow jacket. The simple volume was satisfyingly thick and solid-looking. She opened up the cookbook and paged through until she came to today's meal. Leek and potato soup, roasted cauliflower with cheese, and mutton stew, prepared in what was called the peasant style. It was a perfect winter's meal, hearty and hot and in tune with the seasonal harvest. It was a meal that Margali's ancestors in Provence had made for countless generations to fill their bellies and warm their souls on wintry days. Although she conceded to herself, those farming ancestors probably wouldn't have made three courses, as she planned to do. Either cheesy cauliflower or mutton stew would have sufficed as the main course for them to follow the soup. But Margali planned to luxuriate in both. Looking back again at the blustery world outside, through her drop-covered window, 
Margali stretched and took a deep breath of the warm air filling her bright kitchen. Then she stood, washed her hands and dried them on a soft blue towel that was embroidered with sunflowers. She tied on a blue apron, also embroidered with sunflowers, a signature flower of the region. This done, she began to assemble the ingredients she would need for her cooking. She opened and closed doors briskly, taking supplies out of cupboards and pantries and refrigerator, and one by one she lay these out neatly on her freshly cleaned countertop. Three leeks, six large gold potatoes, and a sack of small ones. One medium-sized cauliflower, one carrot, a dozen small onions, and a dozen turnips. White flour, a litre of fresh milk, and a tray of brown farm eggs. A block of white cheese, butter, a dish of cubed mutton, a bottle of white wine, olive oil, mixed herbs, salt and pepper, cornstarch, and a sprig of parsley. To begin, she started preparing the soup. The first step was to clean the leeks and potatoes. She picked up the three long leeks she had selected, which were thick and substantial. Their long stalks faded from the white bulb of their oniony bases to deep green at the tips. She washed them carefully under running water, wiping away traces of soil from the farm that had grown them. Next, she picked up the potatoes. These were large and round. She scrubbed them with a little brush until they gleamed, wet and earthy. Margali pulled out a cutting board then, a sturdy wooden slab, faded from long use. She placed the leeks on the board and picked up a sharpened knife. With this, she removed the dark green ends of the leeks, then cut the remainder into quarters. They let off a light, fresh, oniony smell as she cut. Next, she sliced the quartered leeks into slender strips, 
She held them in place with one hand, her fingers bent into a neat curve. With the other hand, she held the tip of her knife in place on the board, then used it to pivot the blade along the vegetables. When the leeks had been reduced to a tumbling pile of thin slices, she turned her attention to the potatoes. These she cut into large quarters. Then she reached up to a hook over the stove and lifted down a large, heavy pot. Taking up a small jar of olive oil, she poured in a generous measure of the golden liquid. It spread slowly over the bottom of the pan, thick and fragrant, sending up its rich scent. She turned the flame onto medium-high and picked up the cutting board, then used her knife to slide the chopped leeks into the waiting pan. With a long-handled spoon, she stirred them until their oniony aroma mingled temptingly with the olive fragrance. Then she tipped the potato pieces into the pot too and added almost three liters of water measured in a cleaned milk jug. A pinch of coarse salt from a tiny Moroccan salt dish and it was ready to simmer. She put the flame on low and left the soup to cook slowly. Then Margali turned her attention to the dish of cubed mutton. This she poured into a large ceramic casserole dish, which was oval in shape. She carried the dish over to the sink and held it under the faucet. She let the water run until it more than covered the mutton, then returned the casserole to the stove top and turned the flame on high beneath it. She uncorked the bottle of white wine and breathed in its tangy sweetness. She appreciated the deep flavors it would bring to her cooking. She added half of the wine to the casserole dish, then carefully recorked the bottle. Next, she took a colander over to the ingredients laid out on the counter. She put most of the small onions and turnips into the colander. Then she dug into her sack of small, gold potatoes and selected a generous number that were about the size of pigeon eggs, as directed by her cookbook. 
and added them to the colander too. And she took the whole lot to the sink to wash thoroughly. This done, Margali raised her preheated oven to a higher temperature. On the stove top, the mutton stew bubbled cheerfully, and the leek and potato soup simmered away gently. She gave each a stir with its own wooden spoon, savouring the clouds of steam they gave off and the sumptuous scents they carried to her nose. Next up was the roasted cauliflower dish. She took up the head of cauliflower, gave it a rinse, and shook the water droplets from its rough surface. She laid it into her wooden cutting board and chopped it coarsely. Margaline put the chopped cauliflower into a pot of water and added a couple of pinches of salt. Then she left it to simmer while she made a sauce to go with it. To this end, she minced a small onion and carrot, then set them to cook in a pool of butter inside a tiny pot on the final stove burner. She added a dusting of salt and ground in a smidgen of pepper along with some mixed herbs. Almost immediately, the buttery herbs added their tempting scent to the savory fragrances now filling the kitchen. Margalee set a hand timer to 30 minutes and sat down at the table for a moment of rest. Her cooking was proceeding well, and it was time to enjoy the quiet, to revel in the delicious smells now filling her pleasantly steamy kitchen. Her eyes drifted to the window again, which was fogging up slightly now though she could still see the water droplets on the outside of the pane. She listened to the bubbling on the stove and the blowing of the wind outside and smiled at the thought of the tasty meal she was preparing and the joy it would be to share it with hungry mouths. After a few moments, though, she was ready to get back to work. Standing up and stretching slightly, she removed the pot of cauliflower from the stove and drained it into the colander set in the sink. She left the cauliflower to air dry, then put a thick bottomed frying pan on the stove where the pot had been and relit the flame below it. 
dipping a large spoon into the butter dish, she scooped out a ball of yellow butter the size of a large egg. She dropped it into the frying pan where it began to sizzle gently and sprinkled in two tablespoons of soft white flour. She stirred the butter and flour together with a sturdy wooden spoon. Then, very, very slowly, she poured three quarters of a litre of rich milk into the pan too, stirring all the while. As she stirred diligently, the flour and butter absorbed the milk, and little by little it turned into a thick, white sauce. She continued stirring until the sores shimmered smooth and uniform, with not a lump to be seen. And now she turned off the flame under the buttery onion and carrot which had cooked down, becoming beautifully yellow, orange and creamy. She passed this mixture through a fine mesh strainer into the white sauce, then whisked the whole together firmly. Selecting a medium-sized egg, she cracked it in half. She poured the insides back and forth between the two half shells allowing the egg white to trickle out into a small dish until just the orange yolk was left. She tipped the yolk into the sauce in the frying pan and then repeated the process with a second egg. When the two orange yolks floated on top of the sauce, She gave it another good stir until the yolks were incorporated and the sauce was smooth once again. Then Margalie pulled out a rectangular baking dish and spread a scoop of the now golden sauce evenly over its bottom. She picked up a cheese grater and dragged the block of white cheese over it, sending a shower of grated cheese into the dish. When the cheese lightly coated the bottom of the rectangular baking dish, she set the cheese and grater aside. Now she took handfuls of chopped cauliflower and meticulously filled the dish. After all the pieces of cauliflower were arranged neatly in the dish, she scooped the remaining sauce over the top, covering it generously. 
Then she grated a fine layer of cheese over the whole thing. Lastly, she set a small slice of butter to melt in the tiny saucepan that had held the carrot and onion. The yellow butter dissolved in seconds in the hot pan and she sprinkled it across the top of the cheesy cauliflower. By now, the oven was fully preheated. She opened the door and a cozy cloud of warm air greeted her. She picked up the dish of cauliflower and slid it inside, closing the oven door after it. A quick stir of the leek soup, and it was time to season the mutton. First, she skimmed the top of the stew with her stirring spoon, which she then rinsed below the sink faucet. Next, she added a large pinch of salt, thought for a moment, and then dropped in another pinch. She picked up her pepper grinder and gave it a few turns, sending a cascade of pepper into the pot as well. Then she dropped in several spoonfuls of the aromatic mixed herbs. Finally, she picked up the dish of onions, turnips, and potatoes that she had prepared earlier and tipped the lot of them into the boiling water. Together, they would make an old-fashioned mutton and vegetable stew, cooked until their flavors melded exquisitely. And now, it was time to wait. Most of her work was done. A stir now and then was all that would be needed as the various courses she'd prepared finished cooking. So Margalie sat down in the chair at her little table and allowed herself to page aimlessly through her worn cookbook. It contained all the specialities passed down through the ages by the people of Provence. A thick yellow volume held details about dozens of kinds of fish found in the nearby waters of the Mediterranean Sea. It gave specifics about the vegetables and fruits that grew on this land, which ripened when, and how to choose and prepare each for the best flavor. It told how to make tasty and hearty meals from everything the land had to offer, sharing how to cook shellfish and pigeon and rabbit and all the many delicacies offered up by the region. It gave tips for seasoning and simmering, recipes for savory and sweet, 
suggestions for everything, from shopping to menu planning. It contained a treasury of timeless dishes, made with simple and nourishing ingredients, with eggs and potatoes and cream and produce, culled straight from the farms and the air. It carried Margali away into a world of pleasant daydreams, and before she knew it, the time had slipped past, and the meal was nearly done cooking. It was almost time to enjoy the fruits of her effort, but first she would complete the finishing touches. To start, she peeked at the cheesy cauliflower, which was toasted golden brown on top from her hot oven. She turned the oven off now and left the casserole inside to keep warm. Next, she turned off the stove under the leek and potato soup and gave it a last good stir, then covered it tightly. Then she whisked together a tablespoon of cornstarch and a bit of water and stirred it into the mutton pot, whose contents had been reduced into a fragrant stew that thickened up quickly with the starch. Finally, she chopped up a sprig of fresh parsley and sprinkled it on top of the mutton stew. She then removed it from the heat and covered it too, so it would stay hot throughout the soup course. And now, at last, the savoury winter feast was ready prepared with love and care. She reflected that half the enjoyment of the meal was already hers, the pleasure of working quietly in her kitchen and the satisfaction of a job well done. The other half of the enjoyment still awaited her. Inside the casserole dish and the soup pots, and the tastes of the age-old recipes, the flavours of tradition, and the gratifying enjoyment of good ingredients cooked with care and shared with generosity. Soon she would carry this hot, nourishing meal to the soup kitchen, half a block away, together with neighbours in need and other volunteer cooks. She would sit down to a warming meal and even more warming company. She felt satisfied, at peace, and gently eager for the moments to come. She slipped on a thick coat, picked up the first hot 
dish and stepped out from the humble warmth of her kitchen into the blustery dusk of the midwinter evening. <laughs>